Well, welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're going to talk about your home. I know we ordinarily we talk about kitchens and baths and all the important things that go into making your home a happy home. Today is going to be a little bit different. We are going to find out how to make your home healthy and happy. Today is uh, November 25th already. I can't believe it. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving and it just seems like yesterday that we were hearing about the pandemic. That was a long time ago and I sure hope that in 2021 we're not going to be talking about it anymore. I'm done with it and I'm sure you guys are too. Well today my special guest is Jamie Gold. Jamie has a lot of letters after her name. She's a CKD, she's a CAPS, and an MCCWC. Jamie wrote a book about Wellness by Design, a room-by-room guide to optimizing your home for health, fitness, and happiness. And by the way, it's available on Amazon. So I'm so happy to have Jamie here with us so she can explain how we can make our home healthy and happy. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Well, thank you for the invitation, Nancy. Glad to be here. I've got a lot of questions. And I'm sure you can answer them all. But uh, you talk about wellness design and how it's emerged, especially since COVID. Um, can you explain what is wellness design for everybody out there who's sitting there wondering? There are probably as many definitions for wellness design as there are for sustainability or wellness itself. The way I define it is the practice of creating spaces that support the physical and emotional and mental well-being of their occupants. And that could be a public space like a park or a private space like a powder room at home. But it is really about those spaces supporting the, the people who live there and who visit them. How did you happen to write a book about wellness? You know, I'd been wanting to do that since I was finishing up my second book, which was about bathroom design and remodeling. And it was something that had been in my mind, and I was ready to sit down and write it out. My publisher at the time was not. And so I ended up taking it elsewhere and finding a publisher, which realized that this is a time that wellness is on the rise and they were creating an imprint within a much bigger publishing company that focused on the different aspects of wellness. And they were smart enough to say, this is something that will have resonance for people. And that was long before COVID was in anyone's consciousness. Mm. We we were looking at a May publication date so that it would be in time for swimsuit season when people mm-hmm. wanted to lose weight and look their best. That was the thinking. Um, so maybe we should talk a little bit about your background, about how you're going to be climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Give us a little background on Jamie. Well, I when I became a kitchen and bath designer back in 2004, it was, I was pretty heavy. I was about 100 pounds overweight, and I was living a really sedentary life, and the only movement I was doing was, you know, from one end of the, of the workplace to another. My first mm-hmm. design job was at my local kitchen, uh, Home Depot, And uh, I learned the basics there and I continued on and I've always been interested in wellness as a part of design. And I was inspired by my grandmother and her struggles with accessibility and safety. 
And I realized, well, that is part of this whole larger conversation. And I went from designing mostly for seniors and focusing on that end of it, which is where the certified aging in place specialist comes in, to realizing that those tips that I was sharing with older clients could benefit people of all ages and abilities. And so it just really blossomed from there. That sounds good. So before you wrote the book, every time you went into someone's house, did you kind of get some material or ideas on, wow, this house has this problem. I'm going to write it in the book and hopefully, you know, we can solve that problem. Yeah, it was more organic than that. You start to see common elements and hear common complaints. And one thing when you're doing a kitchen project, for example, and you've probably seen this in your own practice, you go into someone's home and the first thing they point to is that big stack of papers on a kitchen countertop somewhere in that room. And it drives them nuts. And the whole kitchen feels out of whack. It feels un- it feels cluttered. It feels unpleasant. It's probably too dark. They It's not efficient. And that that pile wasn't the impetus for the project, but it becomes a, an element of you can make this work and that's part of what we'll solve for you. We're going to mm-hmm. make the space be more functional. We're going to make it be more organized. And those are part of wellness design. Yeah. Um, well, all the things that you mentioned um, not enough storage, a dark kitchen, uh, just not working for them, dysfunctional. Yep, I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we as kitchen designers go in and try to come up with solutions. And part of, I think, everybody's wish list is a lot of what you have on your list to make the uh, home healthier and happier. So do we want to start? I know you put together a uh, criteria for putting all of these elements together to um, for the end result. So let's start with, I know you have five sections. Probably you have a chapter in each of each section in your book, right? Well, the five facets weave their way through the book. Mm-hmm. And things that have the greatest wellness potential encompass more than one facet. Some encompass all of them. The, the book is organized after the first few chapters, which introduce the big concepts like materials and technology and what is wellness design. They go room by room because that tends to be how people look at redoing their home. Mm-hmm. I, I need a better kitchen or I want to redo my master bath or, you know, something along that line. And sometimes those projects expand. We've all seen that where kitchen mm-hmm. redesign gets the great room added in and maybe a powder room too. Mm-hmm. But people tend to think in terms of spaces. So that's how the bulk of the book is organized. Oh. But the facets and the reason I created these five facets of wellness design is to kind of come up with buckets for how to think about this this huge topic and, and simplify. And, and mm-hmm. that was really the motivation is to organize and simplify. Mm-hmm. We should probably mention that this book is not only for designers, but for the end user, the homeowner, who um, can go through the book and do a lot of the uh, get the uh, ideas and put them to uh, use in their own home. And if they run into a snag, they can always get a designer to help them. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because the book was written for consumers. 
because many of the designers I know are familiar with wellness design already. They're practicing it. And even if they're not practicing it in its totality, Mm-hmm. They're practicing some aspect of it. And even things like building codes for safety fit into that. Because if you're working with an unlicensed professional, like an unlicensed builder or contractor, there's a good chance that they're not following builder codes and you are at greater safety risk. So I wrote it for consumers, but I have found since it published that designers are finding it really, really interesting and helpful to them particularly those who want to get into this area, but also those who appreciate the importance and want to have a way to talk to clients about it. Yeah, I'm sure I haven't, I apologize, I haven't had the time to read the book, but I can imagine what you, because I've been through all this already. And so I think as a designer, this would be a good guideline, a good handbook for designers when they're working with their client, just to make sure that they've covered everything. Agreed. And to to have to cover everything and to have images to show people, because we know how visual clients are or prospective clients. And you could talk about the benefits of something, but when you could show them, I think it has that much more power. And the book has a lot of beautiful four color photos in it. And I think that's a help to designers too. Oh, absolutely. You know, not only are designers visual, but so are our clients. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what they say, pictures are worth a thousand words and I use pictures all the time. Or if we don't have a picture, we can sketch real quick and get the point across. So we do a lot of that. So, so where should we start? I mean, if somebody said, well, I, I want my house to be healthy. What what am I doing wrong? What what are the major things that you see in a house that you would like to correct to make it a little safer, happier? You know, it's going to depend upon what level of investment they want to make, you know, what their personal situation is. At this particular moment in time when a lot of people are just overwhelmed by everything they have to do, you know, because of the pandemic, they could just start by decluttering. That's a way to enhance the wellness of your space without any investment at all. You Boy, can, isn't that true? <laughs> and, and that can be pretty daunting in itself. So I always suggest to people, you know, when they ask what you just did, where do I start? Well, which room is giving you the most trouble and which needs to perform better right now? Start yeah, I- there. Do you find that because of the pandemic, most people are staying in their house and you tend to um, just create clutter? Um, I think we have so much more clutter right now. Yeah. Um, I'm inundated with junk mail, you know, and so you you don't want to just take it and dump it. You want to go through each one, make sure it is junk mail. You'd like to throw away the bills with it, but we can't do that. No, but right? you can but you can set your bills up to come in by email rather than paper and then you know what's coming in is is junk. Boy, Jamie, I do both. I want to see the paper and I want to get the email just to mm-hmm. make sure that I don't miss out I on mean, that. I mean financial statements, bills can all come in electronically and then most of what you're getting in the mailbox is junk and I have actually gone on and, and cut labels out and sent them to the companies to say, take me off this list, please. Mm-hmm. I don't want to receive this. 
Yeah. I want to mention that if they're going to do anything online, my podcast that I just uh, published last week is all about not being scammed. So if you do a lot of things online, check that podcast just to make sure that your passwords are okay, that you're not going to be scammed because um, as I was telling Jamie before, uh, there's a 70% increase on cyber scamming since this pandemic started. And that's kind of scary. And but- I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that fits into facet number two, which is safety and security mm-hmm. and making sure that your network is as fortified as possible, that you know your, your router and, or modem passwords are set up properly. If you're using any smart home technology, that you've set that up correctly. Because one of the ways that people are getting in is through these additional products that now all hook up to the internet. Mm -hmm. And now that people are working from home, they not only have their own data that they're dealing with, but potentially their employer's data. So safety and security and smart home technology need to be optimized so mm-hmm. that you are not at risk of being scammed. You're not at risk of having your, you know, your, your place hacked, invaded. Uh, they, have to be, they have to be really diligent about that. The more apps you put on your phone, and I know we are, um, we are an app society. Everything, every appliance has an app or ordering a pizza has an app. The more apps you have on your phone, the greater your chances of getting hacked. So I want to throw that out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I just want to mention that because we're talking about hacking, if you have a TV with a microphone and a camera, put a piece of tape over it because they're watching you or anything that has a microphone. Um, you know, and I didn't believe this, but I was talking to somebody and I never went on the Internet to find out information on this subject. And all of a sudden I'm getting emails about that subject. So I asked a computer person and they said, oh, yeah, if your phone is right by you, it's listening to everything you're saying. That's scary to begin with. That's That doesn't make for a healthy, happy home. Yeah, and there's something to keep in mind, too, because people are adding all this smart home technology, mm-hmm. you know, things like the uh, security doorbells and the smart speakers and all of those elements. And if something is free or something is low cost, mm-hmm. then you are the product. And yeah. I tend to prefer products that are sold by technology integrators whose business model is not selling my information and habits and preferences to third parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is something I have in the book that is part of that safety and uh, security facet number two. Yes, I would definitely suggest that if they're going to buy a piece of equipment, make sure it's not made offshore by an unknown company because they've been known to, well, hack into your system very easily. Um, And I won't go into all that because I did do a podcast on that. Well, let's talk about accessibility. This is one of my favorite subjects because I do a lot of accessible bathrooms. So what would you suggest? Well, again, if you start with the most basic which would be removing trip hazards. 
then you are potentially preventing a very serious life-threatening situation for an older person in particular. But I've, I've known people of all ages to have, you know, to trip on something. Mm-hmm. So accessibility at its very basic is eliminating trip hazards, making sure the space is, is lit in such a way that people aren't falling, adding in features that make it easy to get in and out of storage, like rollout trays or swing out organizers and cabinets, mm-hmm. and things like shower benches and you know, even grab bars, like grab bars, you know, very easy to, you know, to add and uh, roll under sinks and vanities, wall hung toilets, things like that, that just make mm. it easy for people of different abilities to use your home. Yeah. You know, there's it, makes a your lot home of people- more, it makes your home more valuable too, because there's a shortage of accessible homes. Yeah. A lot of people are against the grab bars. They say it looks too hospital like, but you know, it, doesn't mean that you, well, specifically, you can be 20 years old and use a grab bar if you have a bad back or if you have a broken leg. I wish more people would be open to using grab bars. Well, you know, there are two approaches to grab bars that have really taken root in the last dozen years or so. One is building grab bars into other accessories where they have the tolerances needed to support someone's weight, but they're designed into a shelf or into a TP holder or some other uh, Mm -hmm. accessory. And another approach, which I actually happen to like better, if you're not constricted for space, is when manufacturers are adding designer-style grab bars to integrate with the other accessories in the room. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't look institutional. No one wants their their suite to look like a rehab hospital room. They oh. want resort spa. I and agree. It, Matter of fact, some manufacturers, I, when they um, in their catalog, you have to really specifically say, "Oh, this is a grab bar. It looks just like a towel bar." Mm-hmm. So they've come a long way. They have. They have, I, and I'd like to see them go even farther. I'd like to see more of that. But going through the trade shows every year and seeing the styles and the finishes that coordinate with a great, you know, bathroom look, I'm encouraged. Yes. And they, what about those flip down uh, chairs that they have for showers? I think that is the cutest thing mm-hmm. uh, because if you're not in a situation that maybe your spouse is in, you don't need a bench. You just flip it up. It's usually made with um, teak or bamboo. And so it's waterproof, and those things can get out of the way if you don't need this, the bench. They're great for small spaces. I actually yeah. like a built-in uh, shower bench. Even if you don't need one for fatigue, they're really yeah. nice to have, even just for shaving your legs and you having a place oh, to put your leg up to do that in the shower. Yeah. I want to talk about lighting. Um, mainly, lighting is so important, but... As everybody knows, if they've listened to this podcast, I'm always talking about Premier Lighting. They are my sponsor. They are unbelievable. Their website has blogs on it. It has tons of different kinds of fixtures. Um, They have uh, lighting consultants that work in the showroom that are available all the time to help you. You can go on their website and you can purchase from the website and they will ship anywhere. Their website, by the way, is shoppremier.com. And I might add that 
Christmas is just around the corner. So if you want to add a couple of lights in your living room to change the look, you can buy um, table lamps from them or you can change the light bulbs and you can either put uh, soft light bulbs. I do recommend everybody get dimmers, but I I can talk about lighting forever. So shoppremier.com is definitely the way to go if you have any questions and give them a call. Their phone number is right on the website. And getting back to accessibility, Jamie, the people who skimp on lighting, they're only hurting themselves. If you don't light up walkways and all different, uh, different areas in the rooms, you're just taking a chance and possibly falling or tripping over a chair or something, right? Or having a guest trip or fall. Oh, that's even worse. And think about the space where you prepare meals. You might be reading a recipe. You might be chopping vegetables. And the difference between a well-lit work surface and a poorly lit work surface could be the wrong amount of salt or a julienne fingertip instead of a julienne carrot. That's, I was going to say, I almost did that the other day, and I, I turned on all my lights. When I turn my lights on in my kitchen, it looks like Las Vegas. I've got a <laughs> lot of them. Oh. Well, and everyone but, needs task lighting for the spaces where they're doing tasks, and they need ambient lighting for the spaces where they're just spending time. And accent lighting is nice, too. Yeah, and you can never overdo lighting. As um, I've said many, many times, uh, should we talk about function, the function of their home? Um, I know that a lot of people since the pandemic are working from home and having a functional workspace is very important, especially if you're comfortable in it, right? Oh, absolutely. And functionality means that space works for you in every way that it can. And that could be low maintenance so that you don't have to spend extra time keeping up with it. And we know as design professionals that the difference between one finish and another finish could be a lot of stress and, and upkeep. So I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of low-maintenance finishes. I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of organizational products. And right now, when we're coming into cold and flu season, organizational project products mean that You might be touching fewer items to find what you want. And the fewer shared touch points in a household, the less germ spread you have. You know, so that would be one example. Organizational features could just make it more time uh, friendly to do what you need to do, whether it's finishing a task at your home office or finishing a task in your kitchen. And just making your life more stress-free, easier to live in the space, more organized, that all comes within facet number four, which is functionality. Right. I think um, I like the idea of comfort and joy. I bet you that means adding plants to the house, right? Well, Plants are definitely a comfort and joy feature, and they could be a health and fitness feature, too, because they improve your indoor air quality, which makes them in some ways a safety and security feature, too. Because right now we're learning about the importance of indoor air quality from a standpoint of germ transmission. And I'm not saying that a plant is going to reduce 
you know, the germs in your home, but it can help in other ways improve indoor air quality. And if you are a plant person and you, I know I've had some people say, as soon as I touch a plant, it dies. But if you're the type of person that can keep that plant living, you get a lot of joy and satisfaction out of seeing it grow, especially if it's a flowering plant. You do. And some plants are easier to grow than others. Like a sensevaria, for instance, is a pretty easy plant to grow and it improves indoor air quality. So you get both benefits from that plant. And they look great. So you've got that whole comfort and joy element going on. They create that particular, a welcoming space. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was going to say that particular plant lost its popularity a couple of years ago, and now it's coming back. If people don't realize what Jamie just said, it's the old snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I mean, I used to have them years ago. And then nobody really liked him. And all of a sudden they came back. And I think they came back with the popularity of the contemporary look. They do very much have a contemporary look, but I like them because of their indoor air quality benefits and that they're really easy to grow and maintain because I do not have a green thumb. I just don't. But so far, knock wood, that plant is, is flourishing in my bedroom. Well, good. I have a plant that's just one plant, but it has tripled in size in the last year. And so, and talk to your plants. I talk to my plant. I say, I'm so happy that you're not dead. So, (laughs) and it's, it's by the window and it's very happy. Um, What I'd like to do is get you back here in a couple of weeks. I know you have to go um, and everybody's on a time schedule. So, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for stopping by and going over what people should do in their home as far as making it healthy, happy, and safe. Well, it's my pleasure, Nancy. And if anyone wants more information about wellness design or the book, that's all on my website at jamiegold.net. Don't forget, people, it's .net, not .com. I hope everybody's enjoyed today's show. And be sure to subscribe and rate and comment on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. I'm now on about 28 platforms, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music and anything else that I can think of signing up for. So don't forget to share them with your friends. We are loaded with so much information that don't keep it to yourself. This is important information you should share with your friends. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Jamie, don't hesitate emailing me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. So stay safe, have a great day, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.